welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logan the Barbarian, and I've got a special guest with us today, Dare. Dare, how are you doing today? Uh, hi, I'm doing pretty good, honestly. Now, for my listeners who don't realize or know, Dare, they do a, uh, they, they stream games and have put out a few little games as well. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about some of what you're playing and streaming and stuff like that? Yeah, well, so first off, I am a uh, black trans uh, like content creator and stuff. So I'm on TikTok and a bunch of other places. But my main show is Transplanter RPG. It is a all trans people of color led D&D game that takes place in a completely homebrew game world. Uh, GM by Connie Chong, who is an immaculate GM. So that's one of my big ones. I'm always guesting around where I can. But yeah, I also design a couple of different smaller games. I'd call more of experiences, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Games should be an experience to begin with. <laughs> tell, could you tell about some of those games that you've, you've created there? Because they're definitely not, it's, it doesn't look like we're, we're dungeon delving and, and stabbing each other with a sword. In fact, it looks like there's more barbecues involved with some of them than there are fighting. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, that first game in particular is the cookout. It's the first game I ever wrote. It is a game that is no dice, completely just a almost more of a character, uh, like RP heavy game, where it is just here's a scenario that you would encounter at a cookout or a barbecue. <laughs> How do your characters interact? Um, I've added more mechanics, like rolling at least one die for most of my other games at that point, <laughs> um, which are all normally about like dealing with some sort of ending, if some, if that makes sense. My personal baby. I was just going to say, yeah, the ending, you mentioned the ending and the, the ending being the ending of life becoming a vampire in at least one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's As the Sun Rises, which is a game I made for a... Uh, a Bimpok, uh, like Vampire Day. It's a game about like the sun rising upon you as a vampire. But in terms of my game that I call my baby, that's the nearest and dearest to my heart, it would be When the Sun Dies. It is uh, a game that is the, I call it a chill, a chill apocalypse. The world ends in three days. There's like no stress or anything about it. It's everyone's had time to sort of process it. And it's about just having a last few days with like the people you care about. I'd call it like, it's very much an indie movie vibe. I like that. That's cool. You have so. What are you gonna do? Let me ask you: If the world is ending in three days, what would you do? Because I have no idea. For me, it would probably be not too dissimilar from the game, honestly. Where I grab a couple of my closest friends, and we figure out what is something we wanted to do that we haven't been able to, whether that be just due to money reasons or life reasons. You know that sort of. We have one last trip. Let's let's road trip somewhere weird that no one that we've never that we'd always talk about doing but never actually had time to do. That is what that game is about, capturing that feeling. Like yeah. um, one time I played, we went to Niagara Falls. That was like our character's <laughs> big goal while just having interpersonal conflicts and like grow growth and good moments in between. It's I, I like vibes uh, a lot about my game design. I like that. That's 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 a unique approach. It's not something that I see a lot. Are you familiar by chance with uh, Comey Martin? Comb Martin? I don't think so. You should check out. They they put out little uh, little games. They sound like some of the stuff that you're doing kind of reminds me of what Comb is doing over there. I'm just a, just an odd interlude. I'm not trying to change it around. So 
what got you into wanting to put out your games and, and put them to paper and put them out there in the public for others to check out? Um, for me, I think the first time I did it was I it had just been ideas that I had not been seeing done or games that like I, I've I've been a GM and like DM for games for about mm, seven years or so. So I've I've had my fair share of tabletop stuff and like sometimes I want to capture something that you just can't capture in like a traditional system. And like, that's why I like, I love one pager so much for that idea because it's just capturing this very specific vibe that like, once you hit it, you hit it. And it's yeah. really, really specific. I like that. That's good. That's good. I appreciate that. So you've been playing for about seven years. When did you start playing online, streaming it and everything else? And how did you get into doing all that? It was a very short timeline. October 2020 in particular, I had been just sort of around on the internet, uh, like doing stuff on Twitter, just like hanging out. And I had saw a casting call for a charity game. And I was like, you know, I, I it was Monster of the Week and I already knew how Monster of the Week goes. I like that game. I already have a, an, uh, a PC I could just throw in there. And I happened to get it, and that was the first time I ever streamed, and I just got caught by the streaming bug immediately after, and I have not looked back. <laughs> I've never attempted to stream a game. I don't think people would be interested in watching me actually play it. I don't, I don't, I, the way that I'm normally playing, I don't think people would want to see that. <laughs> I'll be 100% honest. I mean, one thing I've learned, I think, from both writing and, like, guesting on a ton of, especially indie games, is that there's an audience for everything. And, like, not in a derogatory way, but in a very good way. Like, I've played some games that are very, very much weird esoteric experiences on stream. And even having one person along for the ride is really fun because, it's like, all right, at least you want to see how this weird creation comes in, comes into play and how it will end people are down for any sort of adventure no matter how mundane as long as it's a good time and everyone's having fun honestly so who, who is, is is it gentle is that is that is that correct the, who is gentle gentle is my transplanter oc my sweet sweet baby i love them so much they they are on a monster hunting team and they <laughs> are a herbalist and a tea maker and very peaceful which you think that would that wouldn't go well with being a monster hunter, and you're right. Yeah. <laughs> we we ran a whole campaign of AD&D that was intended to be a non-violent campaign where the PCs were at the point where forbidden to actually engage and use combat to, like, solve their problems. You know what? It was one of the funnest campaigns we got into. My one of my least favorite things in games sometimes is the combat because depending on what you're playing, it gets a little tedious. I like to see more interesting things. I like to see people explore who a character is and kind of bring that out and see what's this character do in this situation. That's that's kind of a sweet spot for me in role playing, to be honest. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean I think that's what I think pushed me out also a lot of like the direction of playing a lot of weird indie games like going out of my way to guest on a lot of those is I like to see what happens when like there, there's more than enough heavy combat focused D&D and like stuff like that that like I don't need it but that universe does not need me but I love to see the weird artsy spaces of like what happens in a game with no combat or what does it mean to be a non-combatant in a violent world or like, like, I mean, Wander Home is another great game that I think does it 
exploration adventure without a sense of combat at all. Wander home, you said? Yes. I'm yes, not yes, familiar yes. with that one. What, what is that one? So Wander Home is by a creator named Jay Dragon, uh, which it is very much inspired by Studio Ghibli movies. Okay. Um, so it's like a bunch of animal people going through a land. It has some incredible, like, well-written, like, backstory and lore. It has, like, a full calendar with different seasons. And it's just, like, going on a very much pastoral, like, adventure and filling in the blanks as a team, going to these weird different locales. Um, in combat is not a thing that really needs to exist in that game. You could have someone who is from like a war that happened before the actual game takes place and see how that shapes and is hardened them. But it's a really fun game that does not necessarily require any actual like fighting to happen. That's cool. That sounds interesting. I'm definitely gonna have to try to f- look that one up and check it, check it out. Wander, like you're wandering, correct? Yep. Home. All right, I just had to write that down. <laughs> oh, I'll probably hear it later when I'm editing the episode anyway, so <laughs> it should be good. I got I to gotta ask you about one more thing while I have you here, because I know you're playing a, a superhero in one of your games. I want to know, what are you playing and who are the superheroes? Because I am, I spent years playing mostly superhero role-playing games. I'm obsessed with superheroes and comic books. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yeah, I love masks. Masks may be minute to minute one of my absolute favorite systems because I like I I like playing in the space of emotionality and role play and I think it's a good game that combat doesn't have to get it can be very full of momentum while having a lot of focus on how you actually feel as characters yeah and I currently am playing a legacy uh named Leah Lilac I am a big comic book fan so I went like hard (laughs) on the alliteration everything (laughs) that's cool she's essentially Wonder Girl uh and (laughs) her folks come from a long line of like wonder woman type people and every day she's deeply aware of how stressful it is to be next in line and have to hold up the family honor so it were and it's really good because i am not in charge of that team and my family does not like it in that game i just sort of <laughs> hang back and like help but i don't want to be in charge of anything and we have a character who's a time traveler so oh. in the future my character may or may not be super evil. So <laughs> there's a lot of fun stressors from every direction. And I truly love playing her. Hey, you got the time traveling characters. That was my first role-playing game was the Doctor Who Fossa role-playing game. In the nice. So I love the time travel stuff. I'm really into that. Yeah, superheroes uh, and time travelers can't beat that. <laughs> yeah, I love it so much. It like really scratched the Dragon Ball Z itch in my head of like, <laughs> I was a huge fan of like future trunks growing up. So we just have our own party's future trunks and I love that. Ah, that's good. That's great. From the game design slash like independent indie gamer scene, I always want to tell people do not hesitate to look out and reach out to games. If I've ever seen people more than willing to throw around things for free and have the $20 off their back, uh, indie developers love to make sure people just get to play their games more than anything else. Like my, my biggest pride and joy is when people played When the Sun Dies for the Trevor Project and raised 700 bucks. That was super cool. I had nothing to do with that. But the fact that like my game managed to do a positive good in the world is like an overwhelming sensation. So do not hesitate to reach out, ask about games. We normally keep a lot of them, like have extra copies on hand on like itch.io or anything like that. But also it's just really cool to like see people talk about the stuff you make don't hesitate to make stuff yourself even if it's just about a 
a weird feeling. People love love that stuff. That's good. So if there's others left, we have a lot of creative folks who listen because people who play role playing games tend to be creative folks. That's why they get into it. They enjoy that. I feel. And we got a lot of creative folks listening. Some of them are putting their own stuff out. Some of them may be thinking about it. What suggestions would you give to somebody who hasn't quite gotten to the point where they're ready to put something out or haven't haven't quite made that step yet? Don't be afraid or ashamed to wear your accomplishments and your inspirations on your sleeve. The first things I designed were like heavily based on stuff I really loved. Uh, I have a game that I've never released that is based on Earthbound that like I had done most of the moves and stuff set. And like, I haven't released it yet. One day I might get around to it, but it was the first thing that helped me show like, okay, I know how to design a thing based on something I really like. Wear your inspirations on your sleeve. It's really fun and cute. And people (laughs) that it comes from a place of familiarity at that point. If you make a game based on Mass Effect, people will recognize that. And people who like Mass Effect will understand where you're coming from and like know to be in the right headspace for that anything like that i i like that i like that it's a good that's a, it's a good bit of suggestion there I, I appreciate that and before i you go i try to ask all of our guests one thing can you tell the listeners where they can find you on your various streams and and on the internet where they can find your games and where they can watch you play yeah um so honestly you can find me on the internet on twitter.com normally at uh, dare to dream D-A-R-E, the number two, D-R-E-A-M. Editor's note, I'm doing a rebrand in a few weeks. That's why I'm <laughs> starting with that one. <laughs> but yeah, you can find me on Dare to Dream RPG on Twitter, uh, most places. If you can't find me there, try Envy Dare as well. It, the name will work, E-N-B-Y-D-A-R-E. I'm just around on places. Transplaner is one of my babies. You'll see me on there a lot. Just check itch.io or TikTok as well. You'll see me talking about random things and making little random pieces of games. And I think you'd really like them. That's good. That's good. We'll definitely, definitely um, we'll check it out. And, and for all you listening, we'll make sure we have the links to to be able to access everything they've got out there in the show notes. So if you're interested, you can come over to Anchor FM, check that out. Just hopefully click and boop, pull them up. As always, you can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. We're pretty active there. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Crom. And we've recently, well, it's probably not so recently now, within the last month or so, started up a Patreon. This is doing a daily podcast. It costs us a few bucks out of our pockets. It would be nice to perhaps recoup some of that. So if you can help, go to patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling. <laughs>